Welcome back to the Forster's More Than Law podcast, where we look to go beyond the practice of law. I'm Miri Stickland, Head of Knowledge, and in today's episode, we return to the familiar grounds of graduate recruitment. Last time round, we talked to the commercial real estate team. Today, we move on to our dispute resolution colleagues and chat with counsel Brian Shacklady, senior associate Ashley Carr, and trainee Joe May about topics including what a typical day might look like and what it takes to be a good lawyer in their team. Shall we start with an overview of what you do in your group? Ashley, what would a typical day look like for you? Um, so across the of, across the dispute resolution team, um, we do a very wide range of work. So um, there's some common themes, but everybody's day might look a little bit different. Um, I specialise in contentious trust and estates work, um, whereas um, Brian, for example, um, is more over the commercial litigation side. And a typical day for me um, might look like coming into the office or maybe working from home, having meetings um, with colleagues, talking about um, case or what cases we're working on, um, maybe drafting different pieces of correspondence, maybe to the client or to the other side or to the court, um, do a lot of speaking with clients and our opponents on the telephone. Um, so I think that would look like a typical day in the office. How about you, Brian? Well, I was just thinking about um, an episode of The West Wing um, from years ago where the um, the fictional press secretary of the White House described s- starting her day by looking at her diary. And then probably it would take somewhere between 20 minutes and an hour for her diary to be completely blown off course. <laughs> so a typical day for me starts with looking at my diary and, and looking at all the things that I know I won't get to do later. Um, and then I, um, if I'm in the office and not working remotely, I'll get to my desk and um, sit down, log on, and um, usually be maybe a dozen emails to look at, which can range from things from clients um, to internal queries from other departments um, about a particular piece of law um, through to administrative stuff. Um, but I do... Um, a, a mix of work. So I do some commercial dispute resolution, um, dealing mainly with corporate um, clients who are usually controlled by some kind of high net worth individual or family or something. Um, and um, on the other side, I do some contentious trust work, which usually has an international element um, because a lot of my work involves different jurisdictions. Joe, what about you? How would you be supporting Ashley and Brian? I think... Brian's description of um, your day always being a bit surprising is quite accurate. I think at the junior end, you what we work, we work across both set, um, sides of the team, which is a really nice way to experience a range of sort of different disputes that the firm comes across. And every day is always different. I think it's very hard to predict sometimes what you're going to be doing with absolute certainty, which makes it quite exciting. Um, to be involved with as a team. Um, like like Brian said earlier, my, you come in, you check your emails, you see what you're likely to do. Um, I think we're quite blessed uh, at the junior end to be very involved with lots of the clients. Um, there's a lot of client contact for us. Um, we're regularly encouraged to draft uh, emails, send emails to clients, and that's a real massive positive i think for being at the firm at this age at at this level of experience brian's touched on it a bit who are the clients of the 
DR and Contentious Trust and Estates Group? Well, we, um, we're fortunate to have uh, some uh, institutional clients um, that are either clients directly of dispute resolution or um, they'll typically be referred from one or two of the firm's other departments. Um, so on the Contentious Trust side, um, we tend to get referrals from private client. And on the commercial litigation side, we tend to get referrals from corporate and banking. Um, and we also have our own clients. And we also have a, a pretty successful funded litigation practice um, that specializes in group actions, which um, two of my colleagues, Caroline Harbord and Ben Walton, um, head up. So the, those clients tend to come in from third party referrers, um, you know, contacts that we've made over the years. And, um, and then we do get some people who literally inquire into the firm uh, from cold. And some of those um, referrals don't really go anywhere because people don't really understand when they inquire what we do or, or what services we can provide. And, and some of them really do turn into long running client relationships. So it's a mixture, really. I think with the contentious trust and estates work, you don't um, have the long running client relationships as much because it's quite often you're acting for an individual, a, a lay person who sort of finds themselves in the middle of a family dispute or family fallout or an issue to do with someone who's passed away or a trust. Um, so quite often it's sort of a distressed purchase, a one-time thing, and they'd be quite unlucky to have to come back to us. Yeah. Um, but also we do um, very regularly represent trustees as well, um, sort of corporate trustees or um, or just professional trustees. So um, you find that they might come back um, as and when they have issues. Can you give us an example, maybe without mentioning any names, of a particular matter that you've worked on that you found really interesting I mean I'm assuming these matters can go on for years and years would that be accurate yeah I mean one of the nice things about doing litigation sometimes is that you're you, you are able to talk about your work to a certain extent because um, it makes it into the public domain in terms of um, published court decisions um, and so on so um, I can talk about a case I did um, I arrived at the firm in 2009 and um, we uh, had been introduced to a client uh, called um, Abdullah al-Hamrani, who was a Saudi sheikh, um, and he um, brought us a judgment of the Saudi court, which had been translated into English, not very well, um, and my second or third day here was trying to make, trying to make sense of this Saudi judgment, um, and that turned into a long-running piece of work that lasted for about 10 years um, because um, it, first of all, continued as a Saudi case um, with some input from us because it involved a British Virgin Islands company. Um, then the litigation transferred into the Virgin Islands about two years later um, and we instructed a local firm there um, and um, handled a lot of the work directly here with um, barristers in, in, in London as well. Um, and uh, we did a trial in the BVI in 2012 um, and um, the various appeals and cost hearings went on till about 2018 and that was interesting for several reasons. One, I got to travel to Saudi Arabia which is um, still a, a relatively unusual country for people to go to unless they have a particular reason. Um, I got to travel to uh, Switzerland, um, some people got to travel to Egypt 
Um, and um, we spent seven weeks in the Virgin Islands, which of course is everybody's idea of paradise, it really isn't. And um, the relationship you build up with a client over um, that period of time uh, can become very close as well. And, and you know, so it's just interesting on a whole range of levels, really, from the personal to the technical. It all involved um, an oil blending company, so you get to learn quite a lot about oil blending, which is something that's certainly typical on the commercial side of um, dispute resolution, is that usually your cases are about a particular industry. Um, looking at one at the moment that involves um, airlines and, um, you know, all of a sudden I know everything there is to know about airlines and how they work, which I didn't know three months ago. So you'd be good in a pub quiz if that came up as your specialist. <laughs> well, I, I, it's quite I th- niche. I think, I think we all know that I am quite good in a pub quiz. <laughs> what would you say are the best and worst things about being a lawyer in your field? Ashley, do you want to kick us off on that one? Yes. So I think the best things about being a lawyer in my field the work is very interesting it's challenging and I say that as a positive it could also be negative at times um it's very sort of diverse and my favorite thing is you know the client relationships that you build you know people are coming to you with the problem often with the contentious trust and estates work it's a deeply personal one it's about maybe family or money or being disinherited or all of those things um so I love you know getting you know understanding what the problem is and then showing the client the way through um I think the camaraderie that you have with your team um you know we're often working under pressure um and that pressure can be coming from all different directions so again that can cut both ways it can make the work quite stressful but ultimately really rewarding um so a lot of the things that make it challenging are also the things that make it really enjoyable when you're feel like you're doing a good job for somebody and Joe, you're about to qualify into the group in February, aren't you? So yes. what are the things about DR and CT that attracted you to to the work? One of the things I really love is a lot of our work is super collaborative with a range of different experts. So, for example, we will have experts on... Um, on various different aspects of the case, we'll have forensic account- accountants involved. Um, sometimes private investigators and um, are useful. Um, and working really closely alongside the client towards trying to help achieve their aims in in a, in an environment which is, by its very nature, very um, it's almost like going to battle in a way because it's so um, adversarial against the other side at times and. There's obviously ideas of being a good litigator and being proper. Um, but I think that, that that bit's always really exciting and really fun. Um, but it's all strategic, isn't it? So sometimes you have to sort of come out all guns blazing and then some, you know, it, there's always... Exactly, yeah. And you're sort of thinking about what you want to achieve and how you're going to get the other side to do what you want them to do. And you're not always successful, but... So it's not all litigation. It's that sometimes the challenge is, um, you know, the alternative dispute resolution or the negotiation of the matter towards settlement. I'm interested to know, actually, how frequently you do see the inside of the courtroom. I think I see it less than these guys. All, all too frequently recently. I, I think <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the interesting things about people uh, who trained at the time that Joe trained was obviously they started in the middle of the pandemic. 
um, and when the whole world moved online overnight. And so it's only recently in the last year or so that we started to see in-person hearings again. And um, I, Joe and I went to a, a hearing over the summer um, and um, you are suddenly faced with all these things you know, that were once second nature to you, like getting all your um, files of documents, the bundles, um, ready to go, um, getting a taxi to court and so on. <laughs> and um, we, we ended up not being able to find a taxi because at the time nobody was coming in. Um, and so there weren't any taxis around. So, you know, we had to order an Uber who then promptly went in virtually the opposite direction to the court and um, <laughs> ended up running into the Royal Courts of Justice at about 10.30, sort of frantically phoning our barrister saying, we are coming, um, you know, and um, only to find that not everybody else was there either because they'd all run into similar issues. I think you have to, you know, if you're going to be a litigator, you have to be quite good at dealing with stressful situations and almost to enjoy it um, to a certain extent um, because it is, you're gearing up, if you do go to court, you're gearing up to a performance performances given by the barristers in the case who do the oral advocacy um, but uh, a lot of that groundwork is done by us and if the groundwork isn't any good um, then the whole thing will fall apart so you're sitting there in a courtroom and um, what you don't want is for example the judge to turn to the page and the bundle that your barrister has just referred him to and go I don't have that page um, <laughs> And, you know, the, the stakes are pretty high because, you know, your client is looking to you to navigate this quite intimidating system for, for, you, for them. And um, you've got to do it well. And you've touched on this, I think, already, talking about being strategic and sounds like you do definitely need to be organised. What are the other qualities that you think it takes to be a good lawyer in your team? I think attention to detail is is really really crucial. Uh, we have to be across so many documents, um, and I think it was mentioned earlier, you become a real expert in the area that you're dealing with at that specific point in time, and that could also be also being an expert about a specific set of correspondence that the client had with the other side at some point, and knowing where that is, being able to get to that really fast. Um, and being able to recall it, I think, is really, really important. I think your people skills, um, and including people management, is really key because you're always, um, you know, you're working with the client or with your barrister or with the other side or with your colleagues. And, um, for example, Brian was saying, you once you get to trial, the groundwork has to be good. And that includes having facilitated communic you know, communications effectively as between all of those parties and sometimes the clients wanting to achieve something different than what is possible or what the barrister would recommend. Um, so it's about, you know, we're really, I think, at the centre of it as the solicitor. Um, so I think if you have good people skills and you can develop a good relationship with your client and with the other side, but you know when to dig in and be adversarial or you know when to be friendly and try and get them on your team, I think that is really um, key. I was just thinking about Joe's point about attention to detail. And um, really, it's very often um, in our business documents that um, make a case. And, you know, you do you do start to, if you've worked on a case for a very long time, you almost know it um, inside out. And I can still 
remember a case I did several years ago where um, a company had transferred ownership. And we knew that um, I think on the 25th of October 2008, a massive dividend payment had been made out of the company by the people who were then in control of it. And, and we couldn't work out why this was so, uh, why it was such a chunky payment or why it had been made at all at that particular time. And it wasn't until about a year later that we learned that in fact there'd been a court hearing um, a couple of days later, which they had expected to lose, but had won. Um, and they were uh, transferring the money out in the expectation that two days later, they were gonna be ordered to hand the company over. And um, knowing that, um, being able to put two and two together because you know the case well, gives you a cross-examination point that even though they had a perfect right to remove that money, it makes them look shifty. Um, that they were you know, trying to get it all out before they were forced to hand the company over. It makes them look shifty. It undermines other parts of, of their case. That's the fun part of doing it. Okay, so finally, I'm going to ask you if you can come up with a tagline for your team. Um, commercial real estate came up with, it's not just covenants and easements. So I don't know if you can beat that high bar. I think if you asked what we thought of ourselves, we would think of ourselves as the firm's guardian angels, but whether everyone else looks at us in the same way is another question. <laughs> yeah, but it's that idea of, of being able to step in and give direction and sort of save the day when things have gone awry and for our clients. And sometimes we also help colleagues through issues on behalf of their clients as well. Thanks to all of my guests for joining me today. We hope you found our discussions a useful insight into what we get up to all day, as well as touching on the firm's culture and values. If you'd like further information about the graduate recruitment process at Forsters, please do visit the careers section of our website, forsters.co.uk. You can also find links to other graduate recruitment focused podcast episodes on our website, or naturally, you can also find them loitering on all good podcast platforms. And of course, if you wanted to give us a nice five-star review or a share, we would be delighted. For other news and views from the firm, you can also find us on all the usual social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And until next time, goodbye. The Forster's More Than Law podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Forster's LLP accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct or consequential loss arising from the use of, reliance on, or reference to this podcast. Forster's LLP makes no warranty or representation as to the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast. The More Than Law podcast and any copyright in it is the property of Forster's LLP and it shall not be used, reproduced, or quoted in whole or part without Forster's LLP's prior written consent.